Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Redemption Unscripted. Uh, my name is Gary. I'm the Worship Arts Director here at Redemption Chapel. I'm sitting in as host today for Austin because he's on the other other table, the other mic. Uh, it's going to be part of this discussion today. So we got our Associate Pastor, Austin. How you doing, man? I am doing great. Glad glad to be on this side of it for a little bit. It'll yeah. be fun. Yeah, it'll be fun. And then we have Alex Hotz, not Hots. Not Hots. Hotz. And Alex has been here for a little over two years. And I know Alex well. I've helped him move. But yeah. I still don't know what your title is. It's, I think it's the longest <laughs> yeah, what, title. Yeah, give us staff. your title, the official one. The official title? Yes. Uh, so it is, it's been changed a few times, but right <laughs> now I think it is Youth Ministry Assistant slash Young Adults Director. I, th- I think. I, I should probably pull be, up the webpage. Yeah, you're the only assistant and director at the same time. Wow. I That's am, interesting. Say, say your title again. Youth Ministry Assistant slash Young Adults Director. Say that five times real fast. <laughs> uh, I, maybe not on the podcast, so yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Well, before we get into our discussion, and that's a big reason you're here, Alex, uh, today, but before we get into that discussion, uh, it is February. This is when this podcast is going out, and obviously February is known for Valentine's Day, so I thought I'd you know kick us off with a little discussion about, it maybe even a debate, I don't know, Valentine's Ooh. Day. Is this like over-commercialized? Is this, what do, what do you guys <sighs> think? I mean, in, in your wives maybe listening? So, you know, sure. keep that in mind. Is it over commercial? Yes, but I, I but I'm stuck with it. I you, can't you just still do it, right? It. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. We it's don't a, go, we don't go big, but we, yeah. It's a Hallmark holiday is what it is. Like it literally is just from the card companies and stuff. And now I think it is way over commercialized because there's so many expectations associated with it for some people. Now, Sydney, if you are listening, uh, Which she is does Alex's not, wife. Yeah, that's yeah. my wife. Yep. Um, she does not have a lot of expectations for Valentine's Day, but there are definitely some. So, like, we at least do like dinner or like we'll buy like candy or something, but it's never overblown. Yeah. We always do. I know the one thing, and if my wife Chris is listening, she knows this is the one thing I'll do is I'll go to Mally's and get her favorite chocolate. My problem is, is I always wait too long. And when I go into Mally's, it's like, Half the stock is gone, and it's always like me and like ten other guys who are walking in there clueless, but they know I got to get chocolate for my wife. But that's my thing. I'll go to Mally's, but we'll do dinner or something like that. But yeah, it was probably bigger when we were dating. Now that we're married, it's so it's, it's like, what it is. We I think we agree it's a little over commercialized, but at the same time, not to be ignored. Oh probably, no, you know, yeah, could no. you straight up ignore it? Um, like, would your wife be like? Sydney would be okay with it because she she's not huge on like the okay. lovey dovey stuff, but she would definitely be like, "Hey, did you get me some chocolate or something?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm getting married in February. Let's go. The, is it so before be, or after Valentine's Day? Before. Before. Ooh, nice. So yeah, Valentine's Day. This will be our first Valentine. So we'll see how it goes. Nice. Right? Establishing a new Valentine's Day. You know. Routine. Yeah, no, well, no. that's one thing. Whatever you do, you have to top it the next year. So you got to be careful how much, how much you go. Like See, it could... Austin's setting all these Valentine's <laughs> Day expectations now, so he's going to get to top it every year. The reason I brought this topic is just to get Austin in trouble. <laughs> I know. We'll see if my wife listens. Yeah, I think yeah, we'll, she does. We'll find out. 
Well, awesome. Well, thanks for your thoughts on that. Um, but let's let's talk about why we're really here today, and we're gonna we're gonna be talking about uh, young adults because that Alex, that's that's what you do here at our church. Um, one of the things that you do, and we want to talk about uh, you know really what the church can learn from our young adult community. I'm really excited to to hear from you guys about that. So, wh- how would you kick this discussion off? Well, I guess I would say. Uh... Young adults is is one of those groups in the church that sometimes gets forgotten about, like in the sense that we think about our youth group kids, we think about like, but once they graduate high school, it's like, all right, so they're going to be adults. Good luck. You know, like, sure, part of my job when I work with the high schoolers is to prep them and to get them ready. But once they leave, like if they go to college or if they go somewhere else, like, I can't, I'm not going to be there by their side to help them kind of thing. And so that's kind of where the church could come in and kind of surround young adults or at least recognize them. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those that, yeah, I agree with you, Alex. The church is kind of, it's a black hole in many churches. Like you got great youth ministry and then you got great like adult ministry, but that middle ground is just like they just disappear. And part of that is because the church doesn't do much for them or to reach them. But I, I think the other thing too about this that I'm excited to dive into is I feel like uh, people give young adults a bad like rep all the time. Like um, they're, they're lazy or, you know, they're uh, they just want to do this and that. Like they don't, they don't get taken seriously. And so it's kind of like, instead of listening and learning from what we could get from the young adult community, we tend to just kind of push them off to the side. It's like, eh, they're immature. Like they need to learn. Like, yeah, but there's some, there's some things about their, their kind of niche community or that season of life. I think we can learn from. So, yeah. And I, and I do, I would like to add to that because I think there is. And then there's also the other side of it. Like young adults are learning to be humble and to learn from those that are still above them too, you know? And it's, I think that'll play a factor a little bit in our conversation today, but it's also, there's wisdom in recognizing and realizing that as well. So, yeah. 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 Can you, Alex, can you tell us just a little bit about what's going on with Next and the young adults? And that, that's, it's a fairly new ministry for our church, but I know it's, it's going well. But yeah, what, what, what can you tell the listeners about that? Yeah, so young adult, so our young adult group is called Next, and it's for 18 all the way up to 29-year-olds. Um, so if you fall in that demographic, whether you're single or married, we have a little bit of, we have a mix of both that show up there. And we meet on Tuesday nights uh, here at the church, and it basically comes down to a lot of time in community, a lot of time hanging out and uh, getting to know one another, as well as we will spend time uh, in God's Word learning. We usually, there's some sort of talk or message, whether it's from me or sometimes one of the pastors, like uh, Pastor Austin comes up by a lot. Um, and uh, then they go into small groups and there's time to kind of discuss what the message was about. And honestly, that is just more community for them to kind of dig, dig a little bit deeper together. Um, and we've been doing this for... Um, this format we started in September, but Next has been around since last March, I think. So. Yeah, because we started it as before Alex took over as the director of it. We we launched it as a, a community group, and it was I think we launched it the first night as a community group, and it was like thirty three people showed up. And we're like, ah, oh, no longer a community group, <laughs> like it's a ministry. So we ran we ran it kind of as a large community group for what made three months and then that's when we brought Alex on full time and yeah and I could say being one of the pastors that has you know spoken there a few times and popped by it's definitely going really really well it's a great ministry so 
No, I appreciate it. And it's cool. It's funny because you bring that up. Like, I think it just adds to that point a little bit that young adults are like that generation that kind of need a little bit. Uh, we the, There's just a little bit more guidance. Um, and the fact that we had uh, so many people show up to what was supposed to be an air quotes small group, you know, like shows that there is like a little bit of a need for that. So, yeah, definitely. So when we say young adults, I mean, it's not like I would say it's probably different than when I was a young adult, which was just a few years ago. You know, just the, the I say that I'm <laughs> a not, few years just ago, a, just a few it's, it's more, like, more than three. Right. <laughs> but um, but yeah, uh, it's it's a generational thing. Right. So mm-hmm. like, you know, talking about we're really talking about this generation today is what we're talking about, this generation right. of young adults. So what what's something about them that makes them unique, maybe? from, you know, past generations? One of the big things that always, whenever somebody asks this, uh, one of the big things I think about first is to break, that this generation likes to break norms. Um, And it's, I do, I feel like I should preface this because I am 25, so I'm tech, I am part of this generation. So it's something that I've noticed that I've done research, but also I've seen it with my friends and um, in my own life in some ways that, it's no longer about like just doing what everybody else is doing, but it's, I have to question things. I have to learn. I want to learn for myself. I got to grow for myself. And that's pretty broad, I know, but I think that is something that whether they are Christians or not, young, young adults, that we are doing. We're trying to just learn what works and what is right and what is true and what isn't. So. Yeah. Yeah, and I know Alex and I, we've, we've talked about this quite a bit as we've uh, kind of worked together to, to get next, um, kind of rolling, and now it's 99% Alex doing it. I'm just, just running shotgun sometimes. But um, I know one of the things we talked about with that is the questioning everything of like, as he said, like the young adults, they don't want to just take something at face value or like, oh, this is what this pastor said, so I'm going to believe it. Like they want to do their own research. They want to dig into their own studies, which I think is huge. And part of that, you know, there's – you know, you'll hear the term deconstruction a lot, like, and there's dangers in that. But, but I think one of the things that the young adult crowd is doing is they do get into some of that deconstruction. And I think in a way, uh, if you do it right, I think the young adults are showing us that like, there is a sense of if you deconstruct or you question things you've been taught, and if you research, and that helps you actually get a better grounding in scripture, a better faith in Christ, like, that's a good thing. Like I would almost rather that than maybe, you know, the, the, the crowd that might say, nah, just, he said it. So I believe it, but like, no, nah, like, do you really believe it? Like, do you want to dig in? And I think that's a strength of the young adult crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad that you use that word, uh, deconstruction, deconstructionism, because it can be a scary word for some people because it means that like people are starting to like really engage and push back on some ideas, which pushing back isn't a bad thing because sometimes the idea will push right back at them because it is true. But it means that they're actually digging in and investigating. Now, when you deconstruct, when we're talking about deconstructionism, like it can go to the extent of I'm going to push back and I'm not going to let anybody tell me any different. Now, that's not what it is. That is just, that's just breaking it down and saying, I want to believe what I want to believe. But if you're doing really good deconstructing, that means that you're ch- looking at all the pieces and seeing how all the pieces work in what we believe. Mm-hmm. So. And especially, I think, and you probably see this a little bit with Next too, is I think the, the young adults that have a history of growing up in the church 
probably have to do that more than others. So like, and I'm one of those kids, I know you are too. Like we, we grew up in youth group, we grew up in church. So we, we grew up really not having a great chance to question our faith or to question what we believe. Cause it was, I mean, I just don't remember a time when I wasn't surrounded by Christian teaching, whether at home or in the church. So like when I was, you know, I'm only 33, so I'm not that far out, but like my twenties was a big season of like, kind of revisiting some of those things I was taught and never walking away from them, but definitely putting them in front of me and saying, okay, do I hold to it this way or that way? And, and, and just being more firm on some things. And, and I think, yeah, if you grew up in youth group and you're a young adult, you're probably going to have to walk that road a little bit. Um, but I think it's helpful and I think it, it can be really fruitful. So one of the th- one of the things that we've talked about with the young adults in this generation is it seems like they're really the propensity to community, right? I mean, you, what, what have you seen with that? Community that that is probably the biggest thing for this generation um, and for my generation. One of the funniest things is we at next what we do is we have a talk or we have a message or um, and after that we break out into small groups and we go into those small groups. Last night I was in I was in a small group. I sat in one. My small group leaders were leading it and it went for an hour and fifteen minutes. Wow! Like that is wild that people want to sit there and community talk for group that long. leaders. I hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy though. And it's not even so much that my small group leaders have to like keep it going. People just want to talk. They want to like bring things up. They want to talk about their lives. They want to ask questions and wrestle through it, not by themselves, but together. It's really cool. Yeah. And I've even seen that in our, our men's Bible study. So we, one of the cool things that I think we have going on at Redemption Chapel that I love is even though we have next, our young adults are uh, involved in other areas. So men's Bible study, you know, we have dudes from next that are, you know, in their twenties sitting at a circle with guys that could be their dad, like, or their grandpa, like there's all the ages. And one of the things I heard recently that was interesting that kind of gets to your point, Alex, is uh, there was an older guy who um, is, is a little hesitant to keep coming to Bible study because one of the things he said was that he just doesn't want to <clears throat> he doesn't want to sit around and just talk about like like those things like pornography or like my struggle with this because he's like I just don't feel comfortable talking about those things and that and that reveals some generation because the younger crowd like I think they're, they're, they're ready to talk about even the ugly things in their life. Cause they want to be vulnerable. They want to ask questions. They want to, you know, learn, but the older generation's a little more guarded and like, no, I don't want to do that. But I think that's something we all can learn from the young adults is like, yeah, you, to grow, you have to be vulnerable. And, and if you're going to have good discussion with other believers in that context, you have to be vulnerable. And that means talking about things that might, might make you feel weird. One of the funniest stories I have from Next, uh, a young adult that had come, it was like their second week or something, and he came up to me and said, Alex, I, there's a, I have a question for you. I was wondering if we could talk about something. I was like, sure. And he straight up asked me, like right there as we're standing in the middle of the atrium, he goes, hey, why does God allow evil? It's like, what? Like right now, this is what we want to talk about? But it's, and he kind of went to explain himself, like this is something I'm really struggling with and I'm feeling doubts and I'm, uh, I don't really know where to go with this and I... I want to correct it or I want to figure out if my thinking is right. And that's just, that's huge. Like to not keep that bottled bottled up and like to not like uh, say that and at least investigate it. Um, but to go find other people and talk it through, I think that's a big deal. So. Yeah. Well, and that kind of, that made me think of 
another thing about young adults that we could learn is um, they definitely value like teaching that has meat to it. So, so not just your shallow, give me a devotional, give me a quick little pep talk or whatever, like give me some strong teaching. And, you know, we, we've seen this at next where Alex is, you know, it's currently you're doing a series on the atonement, right? Like, I mean, you're diving into some, some deep theological things and they love it. Like they're eating it up. And, you know, I mean, we've talked to young adult guys that are in their spare time, they're listening to sermons and like, that's just, they want good teaching. They don't want the shallow, which is awesome. When uh, I was kind of doing some research and prepping to when I took over or took this role, one of the things I read was a lot of people want to respond and say, we want to give them the hip, cool worship style and the cool like way that we do and structure um, ministry. Whatever that new thing is, that's what young adults want. But in reality, when when you see people respond to ministry, they typically just want whatever is normal and sometimes whatever is just a little bit deeper. I was reading this report that said uh, that most young adults, when they come, they stopped coming to a young adult ministry um, because the music was so shallow and somebody, they quoted somebody as saying they wish they sang more hymns. Like wow. we don't, how often do you hear that? Mick, I would never hear a high schooler say that. So <laughs> let alone know what a hymn is kind of thing, you know? So um, there's a desire to get deeper than what they learned in high school and maybe what they learned in youth group, but maybe a little bit different than what they hear on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and I think part of that is you got a young adults, like the world we, they live in and we live in is there's access to so much good teaching that if, if your church or our church in our context, like if we don't it next, give them that strong teaching, they can, they can go online and find it everywhere. Like there's great teaching. It's not that we're going to compete with everyone, but it is to say like, man, we should step up to the plate and like, and do our best to, to not give them some, you know, just shallow talk, but actually dig into God's word. And and they want that. They're hungry for that. So. And the teaching is, is not always, uh, truly biblical. And it's, and it's come to that point where people are aware of that. Like they're not just taking it in. And that goes back to what we talked about towards the beginning is like, they're asking questions. And so they want to get deeper because they want to know what is actually, what is the right thing to know? What is the true thing to know? That's what I desire when I read and when I study. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, like we said, they're, they're kind of questioning almost everything, right? So they're not just taking it at face value, but they're asking deep questions, and I like I like what you talked about with the vulnerability. Um, so when they're in community together, it's not like they're just chit chatting for an hour and fifteen minutes. They're getting real, yep. right? Let's let's talk about our struggles. Let me. I'm going to tell you how this sermon impacted the way that my life has looked, and how this is affecting how I'm going to look at my sin from now on. So mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah, yeah. I you know I was in the men's Bible study over the summer and had a couple of the young guys from the young adults from our next group. And I definitely remember that they were, they were vulnerable. They were open about what's going on in their life. So that that's cool. Um, we've talked about this generation too. They, they want to be treated like adults. I mean, they are young adults. They're no longer, even if they're 18, 19, they don't want to be treated like a teenager. They want to be treated like an adult. It's funny because they don't. We don't want to be, and I say we because I'm since I'm a part of that. Like we don't want to be treated like we're in youth group anymore because we're not. We're not high schoolers anymore. 
But also, like, we realize that, or at least I, I hope that we realize that we are not fully, like, we're not fully grown. Like, we still need to grow. We still need to learn. We need to learn what adulthood looks like. And so even at Next, one of our big goals is that it's not a place where people will go from 18 to 29, and then they'll start going to community groups after that, and then they'll start going to Sunday morning worship after that or serving in other areas. That's not the goal. The goal is to prepare young adults to be believers and to ha- be successful in that in adulthood. And so if a young adult comes at 18 and by 22 they're like, I think I'm ready to just jump in in community groups and like I'm making connections with people in other generations. As weird as it might sound, like that's a success. Like mm-hmm. they've been equipped to be a part of the church. And if they want to keep coming back in the midst of that, I would love it. But also I'm not going to treat them like they aren't like they don't belong there. They definitely belong there just as much as everybody else in the church does. Yeah, yeah we have I mean we have a lot of that. Like we have a we have a lot of people in their 20s that don't go to next. And some of that is you know, maybe they've been married for a couple of years now or they're about to have kids. So they just feel a little more affinity with another crowd. But, um, I love that. And I think, you know, one thing as you were talking, Alex, that I thought about is, um, like, so like young adults want to be treated like adults, not kids. And I think we saw that, you know, we, Alex and I visited some, some other young adult ministries and was kind of getting ideas. And one of the things we both came away with is like, like even if a young adult ministry kind of set things up and look like what youth group did, none of the young adults actually like shifted to that. So we went to this one ministry, great ministry, and and they kind of had it set up, I would say almost like a high school youth group. Uh, but none of the young adults were doing, like they were just standing in a circle talking. Yeah. Like they don't, they just don't care about like the fun and the bells and whistles of youth group. And so often I think that's, as a church, we think, oh man, let's have a young adult ministry. Let's just continue what we're doing in high school ministry. But to kind of say, no, like it can have some of the same flavor, but they want to be treated more serious, like taken seriously. And they want to be treated like an adult where, um, yeah, I mean, they, they value that. So it doesn't, it, we don't miss like, and we do our best to not miss the parts that come with community and that like, uh, next, I still put spike ball out or I still put ping pong out and people will play, but it's not like everybody's darting for the ping pong table. If anything, they're darting to sit at the tables and talk to their friends kind of thing. And it's just a plus that they get to do that, those kind of things, because we're growing up and we're trying to figure out what adulthood is like, but sometimes it's okay to have fun as adults kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So. And I would even say too, like with that point of they want to be treated like adults, I would, someone's like calling out some of the older people. Um, in the church, myself included, like we, we tend to, not that I'm, again, I'm only three years You're out so of this old. young adult <laughs> world. So I say, I was like, I'm probably more of a young adult than anything, but, uh, <laughs> but there's a sense, I think the older generation, like to, to hear, to, for them to know, okay, the young adults want to be treated like adults. So part of that is then, then reach out to the young adults in our church or your church, if you're listening and like build relationships with them, like young adults, actually want relationships with older people in the church. Uh, but a lot of times they're not going to be the one to initiate it. Uh, but there's older people in our church that uh, can can mentor and can help young adults grow and they want to grow. And so I would say one of the ways taken seriously is by reaching out to them and saying, hey, like, let me mentor you. Or, you know, there's there's a big fatherless generation among the young adults. There's a lot of dudes and I was a young adult this way, like they didn't have a dad. So like, they don't have some of the basic, like, how do I change a tire of my car? Like reach out to a young adult that maybe didn't have that 
experience growing up of a dad pouring in him and like, man, you could be that figure for him. And they're, they want that. So yeah, I mean, for the older people, like by taking them seriously, it lets actually take them seriously by reaching out to them and, and helping them. Yeah. I remember growing up in the church. Um, my parents were really good about that. They, hmm. I remember coming home a lot of Sunday afternoons and there would be some college guy getting some free sitting food on my couch <laughs> taking a nap getting some lunch yeah. watching the game but i mean it's as simple as that right yeah. i mean just building the relationships and yeah it could be a huge impact just for for you to go up to somebody who's a young adult in our church and say hey would you like to come over for lunch or yeah uh, just to have that kind of especially college students who don't have like that family atmosphere yeah. locally or something like and that. and i love that i mean i love that's that's the body of christ is like i won't I want the 22-year-olds of our church rubbing shoulders with the 50-year-olds, the 40-year-olds, the 60-year-olds. Like, that's, like, we don't want a church that's just sectioned off and generated. Like, granted, we might have ministries for different generations, but but at some point, man, we want to mix it together. That's that's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah, and here, coming from a young adult, like, I... Did, I love to hear from people from that are in other generations, and like, older older men and women that are not considered young adults anymore, I think hear Austin's advice like we would love to hear from young from other adults one because we're still trying to figure things out but two we also we like community and we want to be heard by other people mm-hmm. it's just it, we desire that and we desire to reflect the church that way and Alex wants free lunch so yeah I don't, yep he yeah, wants you, so invite Alex and Sydney to your house after yeah. Sunday services <laughs> uh, <laughs> alex.hotes at redemptionchapel.com <laughs> Hots, not hots. Yeah, yeah not hots. Um, well, you know, what I'm hearing about this generation of young adults is, which is great, is they're not shallow. They they want to go deep in relationships. Um, the other thing is just like their purpose in life. Like, how do they, yeah, how do they view their purpose in life at this stage? This is, this is a big deal. Um, young adults, when we... Uh, at the phase that we're at, we don't necessarily want to do the nine to five life where we punch in, punch out, go make dinner and then watch TV for the rest of the night. And sure. Like we like to binge Netflix. We like to do that, but our priority, we're not thinking about, I just want to get a paycheck, but at the end of two weeks kind of thing, a lot of times what I hear from young adults is what can I be doing to serve? I had somebody, one of my, one of our first weeks that we were doing this, the way that we're structured next, he came up to me and said, I just want to tell people about the gospel and how can I do that? And cause I don't, I'm not sure I have an Avenue or a way and I gave him as much helpful advice as I could, but it was at the core of that there's a desire to not just sit around and do nothing, but to go out and do something. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. And I remember one of the things I, I lo- I learned this a little bit uh, myself when I was a couple of years ago, when I was in the 20 category, I think I was like 25, 26, whatever, but I was in a uh, CLC group, which was a men's group. We kind of groups we used to do at our church a couple of years ago. And and I was in a CLC group with a few guys who met together weekly for two years. And I was the youngest in the group. There was some dudes that were 50s, 60s, older guys, um, 40s. And so one of the things I remember we got into, we were talking about work a couple of weeks. It was kind of the topic, like view in your work is worship. And I remember one of the breakdowns we had generationally is, is they were like, you know, kind of, kind of harping on the young crowds of like, oh, they don't want to get a job. Like they're, they're not going out and working and getting a paycheck. They're like finding this perfect job and they wait for this perfect job. And, and I get it to some extent, like sometimes you just have to go get a job and get paid, whatever. Uh, but 
like I kind of pushed back on him like, well, there's a difference. Like, yeah, these young adults might just want to go get a job and get money, but like they want to find purpose and value in their job. So like working at McDonald's and making pay, it might get them rent, but that's not actually fulfilling. Like they care about being fulfilled in their work, not just making a paycheck. And, and I think that's something we should learn. Like, even if it's a job, maybe you have that you don't necessarily love, like still trying your best to find some value and purpose in it. I mean, that's, I think that's a good thing for all of us. In many ways, the American dream has gone out the window. And in that sense, because it's not just having the white picket fence anymore, it's finding that finding that real purpose behind your life. Um, And one of the ways that I've that I've done my best to implement it with our young adults is having an equipping nature to our next ministry. And young adults, like when they come up and they ask, like, hey, like, I think that we should do a small group about purity. Like, I think we should get a couple guys and do this. And my response could be, yeah, like, uh, let's, I'll put something on the calendar and see if we can rent or get a room reserved in the church. Um, but instead, what I've noticed is that that is not the draw. That is not what young adults ask for when they say that. What it is is they, they want an equipping and affirming, yeah, you should go do that. Get some people to go together and do that. And there's a couple. There's a guy that came up to me and he asked if we could do that. And I fronted some of the some of the cash for some of the books and because they're college guys and they don't have money. <laughs> um, and I and get, was able to get them books and they meet every Monday night without like I'm I don't go because they just they were a group of like three guys that wanted to meet and go through a book and it comes from an equipping nature, not so much of a they need to be provided for. That's so great. Mm, yeah. yeah. You mentioned one of the things you said, Alex, that stuck out. You mentioned the American dream has died. Like, why do you, as, with your experience working young adults so far, and maybe your own experience, like, why, why has it died in the young adult eyes? Like, is there a reason they're like, yep, I give up on that American dream? In many ways, the American dream promotes uh, health and wealth. Um, that if you're healthy and you're wealthy, then you are doing great. And, I mean, it's good to have money. I mean, you, you, you need it to survive. I mean, and it's it's good to want to be healthy. It's good to, to work out and make sure that you are, like, feeling good. But ultimately, what they want and the thing that matters most is that their heart is in the right place and their drive is in the best place, that they are seeking after the thing that matters most. Mm-hmm. And that's a big deal. Because it's no longer about how much money we have or how healthy we are. It's about the fact that we that we should have a heart that desires to follow the one that deserves to be mm-hmm. followed. Um, and that's what I see a lot with Christian young adults. So now I wonder how many young adults. Uh, one of the reasons I feel like maybe they they've given up on the American dream is is they see they've seen their parents do it and they see the fruit of it isn't that great. Like. Sure, you might get a really good job, you get a decent house one day, and you live in a great neighborhood, but like you're miserable, your life feels like there's no purpose, you're just getting through day to day. Like, I think if you if a young adult has saw their parents climb that ladder and there's no fulfillment at the end, why would they want to do the same thing? Like, why not go after something different? And, and as you said, I would argue, like, giving up on the American dream is probably something we all should do, which is great. So yeah, that's it's it's funny because we whenever you see a movie about the American dream or like a famous person that gets rich, it never ends with them rich or happy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it it ends with that or it kind of hits that climax point of they're really not happy even though they have all this money and even though they live in the biggest house in the street because they're devoid of community and they don't feel that purpose anymore. 
And mm-hmm. I think we've learned from that. Yeah, definitely. That's a good point. So uh, I, it's funny because I've, I've been around for a little bit and done ministry for a while. So I've had discussions about generations and young adults. And How now long I'm, have you been doing ministry, man? Oh, man. Well, I honestly, <laughs> yeah, I want to know. Is, <laughs> I think this is, this is my 20th year. Wow. That's ministry. awesome, dude. So I've been around for a while. <laughs> and so I've had these discussions, you know, a decade ago. <laughs> and uh, now that young adult generation is in their 30s and uh, having families and all that. So the millennials was a big discussion, you know, years ago about how they would change things and how they're they're different. What's the name of this generation now as far as the young adults? I think we're in Gen Z right now. Gen Z? I think that's... Yeah, it's probably like so the beginning of Gen Z. I know, I get so confused. So, so you're Gen Z, Alex. Depends who you ask. Some people say I'm millennial, some people say I'm Gen Z. I fall in a weird category. Okay. He's a Gen Z. You're I'm I'm I a Gen Z. I don't don't put that on me, Austin. I'm just <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm I, love Gen Z-ers. I love our Gen Z. I love our Gen Zers. So what what do you think differentiates the, those two <laughs> generations? I, I don't know the answer. I'm waiting for Alex to answer that. He's our young adult expert right now. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's a great question. That's here. a lot on my shoulders right there. Um, <laughs> the biggest thing... The, okay, so the, the biggest thing when you ask that question, the thing that pops in my head is social media, but yeah. not in the traditional sense of like, we have, we are defined by social media, like, or like we put on this filter or anything. I honestly think that falls with our, with the millennial generation. I think we have come to the point where we start to realize like the failures that come with having that social media lifestyle. Um, and saying that, uh, everything that matters is based off of our, uh, social media or like we can put the best filter on that we want from our social media. I have more young adults that I've talked to that said, Hey, I need to figure out a, a best way to, uh, get rid of, uh, social media, but still keep in the loop with what's going on next mm-hmm. because they just realize that it, it's sometimes not healthy. So, yeah. 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 And I, that's a good point. Cause I do feel like I've seen even with social media, there's, it seems like recently in the young adult generation, there's there's even that pushback on like everything's got to look perfect. Like put you know like back ten years ago, like man, if you put a picture on Instagram, like was Instagram around ten years ago? I don't know what it was, but like you know you had to write filter, you had to edit it. But now it's almost like the young adults are embracing the opposite of like no embrace that it's not perfect, that life's messy, that that you're that you're not perfect, and like which which is a good thing because that does kind of go against some of that, the danger of social media that everything looks fine. It's really not. And it's uh, Gen Z, like our high schoolers are still part of Gen Z technically and they're still learning that, but I think they're, they're coming in with a little bit more benefit that they're seeing some of the disadvantages that come with social media regardless, but they still use it and they're still like figuring it out kind of thing and going through high school. But I think that's the benefit of the Gen Z young adult generation. Well, and with the young adult thing with social media, they, uh, there's definitely a pushback sometimes not using it, but I feel like what I see more and more is when so, when young adults use social media, they like to use it with purpose, which goes back to purpose. Like they love, there's a reason like causes now, like if a young adult gets after a cause and it's a social media thing, like a hashtag blows up like that or like a video on TikTok blows up like that. It's because they, they rally around a cause and social media is probably the best vehicle in our culture to get a cause out there right now and and they love that stuff. That's what, yeah. It's the shareable nature of it, like mm. the fact that you can just throw uh, something that you believe to be true from a cause on your on your story. Automatically, 
it gives you that sense of purpose that we were just talking about kind of thing. Like I have this drive and I want to show people, this is what I care about. And then also not only show people, but like, I want to help display this cause. And I want to like, and that's why we push our young adults to like post stuff on their social media that is biblical or Bible studies or TikToks that are like going to encourage people to dig into the word. It can be used for good things. And it's funny that it took us this long to kind of get to that point of figuring that out. So I also like the lingo of the young adults generation too, because I always have to ask Alex, <laughs> what does this word what mean? What do they like, mean? I think one of the funniest posts I saw was this last year. Noah posted a picture of his coffee <laughs> yeah. on Sunday morning. And he just said, he said, Redemption Chapel coffee's built different. You're like, it just, ah, made, ah, me, it just made me laugh. <laughs> Redemption Shout Chapel. out to Noah if you're out there. Well done, man. I was well going to say, and, uh, where, do, where does the coffee come from for uh, Redemption Chapel? I don't know. It's built different. <laughs> Sam's Club? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, this has been a great discussion today. Appreciate you guys uh, uh, sharing your thoughts. Is there anything else you guys want to share before we wrap up? Uh, I would just echo, I said it before, but I think it's the way I would definitely tie it up even again. Just uh, If you're listening, whether it's you go to Redemption or you go to another church, like, uh, value the young adults in your midst, like learn, learn from them, build relationships with them. But then flip side, like, you know, we've been harping a little bit on the older crowd, but like, if you're a young adult listening, I'll call you out for a minute. Like, like don't buy, don't live into the stereotypes people give you a lot of times, like break the mold, like grow in your faith and, and live some of these things out and like, and reach out to the older people in the church for help and, and initiate some of that relationship too. Like it goes both ways for sure. Yeah, First uh, Timothy four twelve. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers as an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. A lot of people think that is written for our high schoolers, but in reality, Timothy was probably in like his twenties or thirties when that when that was being told to him. And so we are young, but it doesn't mean that we can't make a difference or do something about it. So a call to our young adults would be to strive to be better, to still push the like push and ask those questions, learn for yourself, but also pursue wisdom from other generations. And to echo Austin, that we would love to hear from other generations and to reach out to us and to hang out with us and talk to us and help us become better adults. So, Good word. Good word. Well, I'm excited about next, our young adult ministry, yeah. especially as a dad. I've got a, I've got a son that's getting ready to go into that this summer, so that's going to be fun to watch that, and I'm excited about that. Uh, Alex, tell us about next again, what, Tuesday nights, right? Tuesday nights, it starts at 7 p.m. We go till about 9 p.m. So if you have to come late because Young Adult Life is crazy, we get it. We'd love to see you there. So. Right here at Redemption Chapel. Right here at Redemption Chapel. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we thank you all for listening to uh, this month's podcast. Hope you guys have a great Valentine's Day. And we'll be back with another episode next month. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.